Greetings and salutations. Welcome to episode 141 of Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. Trev just messaged us. He'll be here in just a little while, but you're stuck with the two of us here as we start off the discussion. We'll end with our bold predictions for week five Thursday night football as the Washington Commanders host the Chicago Bears. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about in the game. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our game preview with Joey from the Believe in Bears uh, podcast. Great conversation. Lots of fun. And I'll tell you this, Stoner, mm-hmm. it was fantastic for the first time and I don't know how long we were talking with somebody whose team is the dysfunctional one and it wasn't <laughs> and it wasn't ours. Yeah. Our team wasn't the dysfunctional one. Finally. Stoner. We're not we're not yeah. bottom feeders. Well, not the <laughs> bottom feeder. Yeah, not not quite there, but there are, are some contentions here and people are getting feisty across social media as hmm. we prepare for the O and four bears. And namely, some of the stuff that's coming around in the contention wise is one second round pick Quan Martin hmm. and one first round pick Emmanuel Forbes. We'll start with Emmanuel Forbes, and then we'll go uh, go to the second round uh, decision making and what's going on with that. But Emmanuel sure. Forbes has been catching a lot of flack. A lot of it partially due because he had a very very bad game against AJ Brown, so much so that people were mocking him to the point where he removed a social media account. Mm. Do you think that is fair to do to the young man? Well. Did he delete it because he wanted to feel better, right? He wanted to just kind of get away from it all. And, and like, you know how you and I might get on the keyboard and do something or say something bad, right? And he's just probably preventing himself from doing that because he got trolled pretty hard. <laughs> a little bit from the commander's fan base, but the Eagles More fan so base from the Eagles, yeah. yeah. So he could have been doing it just to protect himself. What's up, Trev? Trev up, in the house here. In the his yeah. owl. That E Forbes deleting social media post reminds me back when uh Defoe did it when he was a rookie, I think. Remember? Because oh, we had uh it. Jamal from uh Let Maul Tell It on, and he admitted mm. that he was kind of you know getting after him a little bit and he uh-huh. stopped answering back and he was blocked or something like that. I could be telling the wrong, but it was something like that. So I remember we've seen this before. Um, it's probably helpful. We saw how he reacted when he got burned on the sideline. He was very frustrated, either himself or something that happened along that. So, yeah, kids young, it's going to come with it with being an NFL now and being a first round pick. But and honestly, I think guys. it's good to show that he's frustrated with his play. Yeah. He knows he can be better, and that is that's that's a good thing, right? If he was apathetic, if he was Albert Hainsworthing it out there, then yeah. that would be that would be a bad sign. But the fact that he's passionate about it, and he was he was getting upset with himself and. He, he honestly, I'm good with removing social media. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that it's part of what we do here on Ref the District, mm-hmm. I would probably not have social media because it's just it's a cesspool. It and, is, and yeah. and you know, it used to be used to, to keep connected with people. And as a, as a military brat, and then as a you know an Air Force veteran, I have people scattered all over. So it was great for that. Mm-hmm. But people just people gonna people. And yep. so I'm good with him, especially when you're that kind of high profile and you're going to have and be in the public like that. You it's more than more than OK to just focus on the game. It's also mm-hmm. more than OK to get this one here from 
from Allison, this 99 cent donation. So Allison is coughing up her dollar here uh, because Allison. <laughs> she lost said, a bit. Allison said that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to have 10 plus sacks and they did not reach that mark against Sam Howell. So she is owning her end of the bargain. We appreciate the support there, Allison. So moving on from Emmanuel Forbes, the mm-hmm. other discussion around surrounding this week has been with Quan Martin. Sure. Uh, Trev, we've, uh, yeah. we've ha- shared some stats across our social media channels on mm-hmm. how the second round picks are faring across the league. One of the most interesting stats that we shared was the fact that Quan Martin has not had a single defensive or offensive snap. Does that surprise you for the second round rookie? Uh, yeah, especially all the hype surrounding him coming out. He was part of that good secondary defensive back uh, group in Illinois with Sidney Brown and um, Deontay Banks, I believe. Or with, I mean, yeah, Devin Witherspoon. We saw mm-hmm. how he had a game on Monday night. So we just, you know, thought he was the, the third musketeer out of that group. And we saw maybe a flash of it in preseason. He kind of had a gimme interception, but had a nice return from that. And, He's been hurt, I think, with a concussion or something like that, too, a little bit. So, yeah. But for him not to get a single snap on defense is mind boggling because he was supposed to be the guy to play that nickel, that whatever position like that Buffalo nickel type play. deal. Buffalo yeah. Nickel. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. He's just to come and do that and fight Kaliki Hudson for a spot like that or provide some safety depth, uh, safety depth. And it's just hasn't, not that it's not working, just hasn't had a chance to work because. And we all heard it. What Ron said. There's some. He's behind some really good guys. Well, where are those guys at? Because <laughs> the defense. Is, yeah, the defense yeah. has been slow to start, and we had a lengthy discussion over over the le- the slow <laughs> starts there. Tommy uh, mentioned in here. You know, the injury is also something that kind of took Quan Martin out. But can I can I counter that injury? I was going to go to yes. you, Stoner, on that. Particular. <laughs> and Tommy wait, and I look. went. Tommy and I went back and forth a little bit on, on Twitter, and Tommy's very respectful, so uh, it was a very respectful back and forth, and I appreciate that. But he was injured after week two. So where was he week one? He was active and healthy. Where was he week two? He was active and he was healthy. And last week, he was active and he was healthy. If he wasn't healthy, he wouldn't be active. So he's been on the act of 53 or 45 on game day, 46, 47, whatever the number is nowadays. So he's been there and available to play, and they've just not played him on purpose. They have not even one single snap. And by the way, in the second round, I went through every second round pick. I've got way too much time on my hands sometimes. (laughs) I went through every second round pick. And there's three guys who have not played a snap on offense or defense. Three. One of them is Will Levis, obvious quarterback. That makes sense, right? He's behind a couple of guys there. And then the other one is Juice Scruggs, a center who was picked like second from the end because he got hurt in the preseason. And he, so, he's by the way, I I looked injured. up Juice Scruggs, and it was looking like he was going to get the starting position. He was be from what I what I read out there in Houston anyways. And so, Juice was one of those I liked. Yeah. So basically, Quan Martin is the only player in the second round who has not gotten a defensive snap or offensive if you're an offensive player. He's yeah. got some special team snaps. 
mm-hmm. but no offense, no defensive snaps at all. That's not good because the excuse was from Ron was to say, well, he's behind a bunch of good guys. Well, then you shouldn't have drafted him. You don't draft. Exactly. Long term, it makes sense to draft <laughs> that and the same thing. Mathis and I, I know I'm not no, never over on this. <laughs> never. It doesn't make sense to draft a guy in the second round as insurance in case, in case somebody signs somewhere else next year. Not in the second round. That's not how. You Your second rounder team. should be a high rotational player at minimum. At right? minimum. At minimum. And, minimum. and especially in the middle of, of the second round, which is where Quan Martin was taken. The thing with that I going to keep pressing on this is this is coaching as well. They're, Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera are asking Quan Martin. They've listed him as a safety on there, but like you said, they're asking him to be the Buffalo nickel. They're asking him to cover the slot. They're asking him to be a deep safety. And each of those are separate positions and you have people, you have players in this league that struggle with that. Who've been in the league for several years and have had time to get caught up to NFL speed. This is a rookie from Illinois, the big, you know, big 10 program, but one of the mid tier big 10 programs who's, who has talent. He definitely has talent. There's a reason why he was taken in the second round but now you're asking him to play three, maybe four different positions. And instead of mm-hmm. specializing in what he does well, I, I'm a big believer in for the the younger players, the rookies, second year players and everything. Focus on something they do well and put them in that position over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then I as agree. they and, and, and as they get confidence, then you expand the repertoire and and Quan Martin's just they're asking him be a jack of all trades and just do all this stuff and then he struggles in the preseason and now he is behind what is a good group of players if you look at the cornerbacks of course you're not going to start him over the, the the three cornerbacks right Emmanuel Forbes Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice are of course going to be your starting three mm-hmm. then you get into that area where like maybe he can mix it up but Danny Johnson has experience. He has experience with Jack Del Rio. He has experience in this league. If you go to the safety position, Cam Curl and Derek Forrest, and yes, he has had his struggles this year. I see that in the comment section. Um, they, the, those, the, you know, you're not going to put them over Derek Forrest and Cam Curl. Percy Butler is a guy who they liked last year and has had time with Jack Del Rio and is developing. So, I mean, at best on either one of those, he's four, maybe five, you know, five, but you only get to put so many of them out there on the field. Right. And so far this season, and this is the other thing I want to stress to you both mm-hmm. guys, we're, we're four games in like why? And he's sure. missed one due to injury. I think it's sure. a little too early to, to kind of uh, get so down on totally agree as a player. Uh, I totally agree that it is too early. I'm not writing them off. I'm just saying so far. This is all we have to look at right now. And so far, it has not worked out to the way it should. He hasn't kept up with his draft class. There are people right in the same area that was drafted at the same time. So he hasn't kept up with them even. And that's and that's an issue. And the one thing I also want to stress about this whole thing is that, sure, you'd like to draft a replacement for 
maybe Cam Curl so that you don't have to pay Cam Curl $15 million a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. That that's a, actually a very solid strategy. You you just pay the young guys and let the the veterans who make a lot of money you let them go. I get that, but you're doing it instead of, and I always say this instead of drafting somewhere else that's a bigger need. A tackle was a bigger need. A guard was a bigger need, and they decided that a rotational slash fourth or fifth safety slash possible replacement if we don't want to pay a guy next year is more important than a guard or a tackle that could help you right away on a depleted offensive line. We all know about this offensive line. We've complained about it for years. They they do not invest enough into this offensive line. And that's the result is Sam running for his life and being the second most or the most sacked quarterback in the NFL right now. And it's not all offensive line. I get it, but it's a lot of the offensive line. So you, you just have to kind of keep that in perspective. I don't mind drafting Quan Martin, but, but not at the expense of an offensive lineman. That's, that's my whole point about that, about Quan Martin's draft position. Trev, I don't want to, put you on the spot here so i don't know if how much you remember from the 2023 draft quan martin taken 16th as stoner saying maybe take somebody else is there anybody you could think of that was taken mm-hmm. after him i mean there was a good suggestion 16th from Gus. in the second round 16th in the second round yes yeah. so the he was taken 16th in the seventh uh second round is there anybody after that that you can think of gus was saying why not just trade up for brian branch if you wanted to double dip and that was a guy we all all did like is there anybody you can remember being available that you would have liked to have taken you're muted totally muted <laughs> <laughs> thank you i think it was offensive lineman perhaps maybe osiris torrance osiris torrance ended up being taken 28th in the second round by buffalo and we got to see him in action he did make the starting uh there that's a guard you know this is a line that uh, ron rivera had said that he was confident with and they have promise in Sadiq charles and sam cosme has been doing wonderful things at right guard now he was drafted to potentially be that right tackle, uh, but mm-hmm. I love the stuff that he's doing at uh, you know out right guard. So Asias Tyrants as a guard would have been one. I'll say this: Cody Mock taken with seventeen right afterwards, right listed, after Quan Martin. Yeah, listed as a tackle is actually a starting guard for the Tampa. the starting right guard for Tampa. There. Oh wow. John um, Michael but, Schmitz was drafted as a center for the Giants. Center, he started Giants. from day one. Mm-hmm. Oh Dewan Jones, gosh. I think uh, oh, is that his Dewan's last name. Patriots, right? He started yeah. every game as a tackle. Yeah, that he was a fourth round pick. So I was they're about out to say there. That's much later. Him, they're, they were out there. You have to have the ability to recognize them and be able to target them and say, "This is our guy who's going to play right tackle or guard or whatever." I mean, they had they had already signed Wiley. And they had already signed Gates. I get that. But they're not like big money guys. So get one of those guys and develop them behind them. And then by, oh, I don't know, week five against the Bears, why not have that guy start for Andrew Wiley? Because we've seen what our Wiley's done so far. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Trent Williams, please come back. Absolutely would love to have Trent back. But that's and by not, the way, the whole happen. draft class this year, save yeah. for Forbes, we he's starting, but yeah. he's not playing even 50% of the snaps, I don't believe, right. by the way. But still you so you got Forbes, you got Quan Martin, you got Ricky Stromberg, who hasn't touched the field yet. You've got Braden Daniels, who's on season ending IR. You've got um uh, KJ Henry, who is basically a healthy scratch every week, uh, when when he's and if he's dressed, he doesn't play, except for special teams a little bit. Then you've got Chris Rodriguez Jr., who I believe has seven yards on the year, and then you've got Andre Jones Jr., who doesn't play. Even well, our draft active. was sweet this year. So far, Manuel Forrest, way by the way, early. 66% of the snaps. Right, it's rare. Early. I didn't want to check that one. But who, Forbes is at 66%. Forbes is at 66% of the snaps. So that just wanted yeah, to make sure I got that. Because when you when you said it, I was just like, ooh, I do wonder uh, yeah. how that, that lines up. But, I mean, as it's you mentioned, Quant, Quant Martin is actually, I mean, granted, again, this is with injury only playing 45% of even the special teams snaps. So he's probably only playing like kickoff or kick yeah. return or yeah. you know, just one of those. He's not even playing both ways. Yeah, game. He's behind Christian Holmes. He's ahead of Danny Johnson on special teams uh, snaps oh, there. So. <laughs> right, right. So it's way, 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 way too early to start yeah. evaluating long-term for this draft class. But right now, it ain't looking good. Now, Ricky Strunberg, I think a third round center, that was a good pick. <laughs> that was what they needed to do and get somebody who eventually is going to take over that center position and develop him over a course of time. I think he's going to be a good um, a good center eventually and take over for Nick Gates maybe next mm-hmm. year or the year after. Yeah. That's how you do it. The third round, that's where you start getting developmental guys. Now, Braden Daniels in the fourth Ooh. round, he was, was really, really bad already, and then he got hurt. So we're gonna have to see how that goes. But now you're starting to get into fourth and fifth and sixth. Yeah, and, and we're not here to necessarily talk re-talk about the draft, especially yeah. this early into the season. But Juan <laughs> Martin has been kind of a a bit of a focus as as he hasn't made an impact yet on the defense, which is kind of where Gus Bus is asking here: which one's more disappointing, the secondary, which has not been as great outside of Kendall Fuller having a, a really good season this year. Ben Smith yeah. St. Juice is still locking it up. Yeah. Uh, but Emmanuel Forbes has been a little bit of a struggle there. The defense entirely has been a little slow to start. So Gus Bass asking here, which one's more disappointing so far four games in the secondary or the O-line Trev, what do you think? I'm going to say secondary. I mean, because if you're comparing the two, we got, we brought in more newer faces on the O-line than we did in the secondary via free agency and draft and i mean half the league has a bad o-line let's just be real like half the league has an issue with their o-line it's not just us but a lot of those teams have a really nice secondary and they're not made up of big names they just have continuity and we're just now starting to get that with our secondary because bsj missed some time with an injury kendall Mm -hmm. fuller has been hot and cold um then we got we brought in forbes to be a ball hockey really he's really hasn't been that since preseason, but like we said, it's early. It's a rookie. It's first time going up against these dudes, so it is what it is. But I'm going to say secondary because, 
you know, those majority of those guys have been there for at least a year or two together, and it still seems like we can't create turnovers or stop the passing game. So I'm going to say secondary is more disappointing. Yeah, Trev, I'm going to have to agree with you there. The secondary at least had lofty standards coming into the league. We knew the O-line yeah. was going to be a struggle. So the O-line, if anything, <laughs> has impressed me. They, I was expecting a two, and we got a three. Like, oh, wow, that's actually an improvement. But the, the secondary... You know, you go into this and you love Cam Curl and Defoe had a great year last year. Mm -hmm. I've always been big on Kendall Fuller. Benjamin St. Juice is, a, I believe, a star in the making. And Emmanuel Forbes, you know, flashes some great talent. So you really kind of put them at higher standards and they, they haven't lived up to that. So I agree with you. Stoner, are you going to take the offensive line here? No, I think I think you hit the nail on the head because of the expectations of a top five defense from last year and all they did was add to it they only lost mccain basically and they swapped out barton for um who was the donk that left cole holcomb right so that's basically all they did so you expect it to be even better than it was last year and it mm -hmm. was already very good uh so that's been the most disappointing which one has not been good the offensive line has been worse i think than the secondary and that's kind of saying something as bad as the secondary has been. But I think they will improve. I think it's going to get better. The The schedule is going to get better for them in terms of who they're playing. The quarterbacks are going to be facing. The receivers they're going to be facing. And so I, I expect it to actually get a whole lot better over the next five or six weeks. I think it's going to be a big improvement, especially here Thursday Night Football for both. Uh, Command D's is going with that D line and last uh, or the going into our next conversation choice. here is uh, from Big E. I've noticed when Chase is out, the defense plays better when he's in that the defense isn't better. Why is that? Anyone want to jump on this? Because I have I have a little bit to say on this one. So, Trev, we'll start with you because you've been. I think a little bit more critical or no, you've been more of support for chase young and stoner has been a little bit critical. So let's get chase. Let's get some support uh -oh. here for chase. Uh oh, That's hey, not a good start. I don't think it's coming. <laughs> That's not a good start. <laughs> well, to be honest, the, I think the explanation for that is because of all the time chase young has missed. Um, yeah. He's been in the meetings. Yeah. He's been on the sidelines, he's been cheering on, been a, like a really nice energized teammate. who's a cheerleader, but to be on the field, I mean, he's got to relearn all these people's schemes and how Jonathan Allen does this, how Deron Payne does that, how Montez Sweat does this, and maybe they want to try something new, so he has to catch on to that. So I think it's the lack of continuity, once again, which seems to be the biggest word to describe our team this year is continuity, whether we have it or not. I think that's why the defense plays better, because the majority of those guys have played through the thick and thin of the season. And when Chase coming back, He's got to play catch up and it looks like the way he's doing it is, you know, maybe since we didn't pick up that fifth year option, he's sending us a message by saying, you know, it's about me this year. This is my prove it year to see if I can stay or go. So maybe when it gets out there, he has the intention of being a part of the defensive line strength, but it just seems like he's doing his own thing at times, certain times. Like maybe he thinks he can do it this way instead of going this way, you know, I, that's my biggest thing. Cause he's still got it. I mean, he's shown, he's shown it this year. He still has he's got it, three but... sacks in three games. So yeah, but it's yeah, just... if he ends up with, with 16 sacks on the year, 
I mean, that's a massive then, year. Yeah, but that's my explanation, just the lack of continuity. He just hasn't been here long enough to be established on that defensive line like he was before he got injured. Well, how many points did Washington give up to the offense of Arizona in week one? Would have been 10? 17. No, nine? nine. Didn't they give up a touchdown? Nine. Yeah, they gave up a touchdown to... Yeah, and a sack fumble. Yeah. Yeah. For yes. the defense. So they gave up nine points, which is what they should give up against a team like Arizona, who doesn't really have quite an offense. Then they played Russell Wilson and say what you want about Russell Wilson, who's been who was bad for a game or two, but he still can get it done. He's shown over the last few weeks that he can still get it done. Russell Wilson. Then they played Josh Allen, maybe first quarter of the season MVP type candidate, just lighten it up after the the one trip up they had then Jalen Hurts also an MVP type candidate and look at those receivers that they're playing the Gabe Davises and the Stefan Diggs and AJ Browns and Devontae Smith so this defense has played two of the top offenses in the entire league Mm -hmm. and Denver's a good offense as well a higher than average offense so they've played some tough teams here at the beginning now let's see what they do against the Bears and Atlanta and the Giants. Mm-hmm. And then you got Philly again and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And then the Giants again. They're going to the, they're going to start regressing or progressing to the mean with this defense. And you're going to see you're going to start saying, "Oh, where has that been all year?" Because <laughs> they're going to have they're going to terrorize Chicago's offense tomorrow night and they're going to terrorize daniel jones and desmond ritter or taylor heineke who's ever in there they're going to start playing a whole lot better because they're playing offenses that are not as good so Mm -hmm. i i think they've been not great but they haven't been horrible that's just kind of my feeling about the defense and especially the defensive line and i don't think chase has been horrible believe it or not coming from this guy who wants to look at him and say, I told you, but I haven't been able to do that because he's been pretty good. Chase has been pretty darn good. The uh, I, I think he's been more than pretty darn good. I think he's been, <laughs> been, he's been effective and mm-hmm. he is showing why he was a second round pick three sacks second, and three games, second round second overall, overall pick. Yeah, yeah. Second overall pick three sacks in three games. He's been disruptive. There have Mm -hmm. been plays where it does seem like if the play's away from him, he's not going to chase it out. Uh, That's probably because we've seen that this starting defensive line is playing essentially all of the snaps. They're not Mm -hmm. doing a, they're not doing a great job rotating them out uh, right yet. And hopefully that's going to get fixed. So you have them healthy late in the season. You know what he's Uh, not Nathan. What's he not? He's not TJ Watt. He's not, not even close. either the Bosa brothers. That's, uh, not, that's not who Maybe he is. Nick. Maybe Nick. Or the one who – no, maybe Joey, the one who's injured more in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> right, but didn't he win a defensive, defensive player of the year? Didn't both of them oh, win? Got rookie one. of the year. He's not those guys. Let's <laughs> no, we just, only got the uh, – Let's the just one. put that aside. Let's not <laughs> try to compare him to those guys anymore. Is he – let me compare him to a guy. Is he Montez Sweat? That's who he is. He's an effective defensive end, and that's probably all he's going to be. Oh, wow. that's good enough. That's good enough. It's not second overall pick good enough, but it's a a solid above average 
type player. And that's what he's playing at right now. And you need that on your team. We just have to stop comparing him and asking him to be the Bosa brother yeah. or Khalil Mack, who's going to get six sacks in a game. Or it, that's not who he is. Thought he was washed yeah. up. So, nope. so why why isn't Chase the lead? Is kind of the question. I'm 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 going to get to that one here a little bit in my my answer. Okay. When it comes to to this, because you're right, he's not he's not right yet at that elite level. We've seen the flashes. He was a defensive rookie of the year, and as far mm-hmm. as that answer to your was he ever on their level? To Gus's uh, second question, there, yes. He was defensive rookie of the year. He was on their level at that point of his career and his trajectory was to be an elite pass rusher. Okay. Joey Bosa was an, was a defensive rookie of the year. Chase Young was. There you go. Rookie season. He was on that trajectory to be that kind of level of elite player. Okay. He had a letdown his sophomore season. I get it. He absolutely did. I, there, I'm No excuses for him there. Then he got injured and it took him longer to get back than people wanted. Okay, the mess that we're hearing right now about how this defense is better without Chase Young on the field, I would love to see some advanced analytics because I think what happened here is somebody said it, somebody agreed to it and parroted it, Mm -hmm. and then more and more you just keep hearing it until eventually it's just one of those things like, oh, yeah, their defense is just not that good with Chase Young. They're better with, with Chase Young off the field, and that's simply not the case. This is a better defense when Chase Young is on the field. I think it's kind of coupled right now with the fact that the defense is starting slow again, and they're giving up 30 points a game. If you look at it, you know, from the simple box score, right? Because obviously, mm-hmm. we, like we said, only gave up nine there for Buffalo. They only gave up so many points. But overall, 30 points a game is what this, this defense is being attributed to. Yep. And people are like, well, it's because Chase Young is back. No, it's that's not the case. This defense is that's a Jack Del Rio thing. And so we're going to see Chase Young continue to develop this season. Whether or not he becomes elite, we'll see. Mm-hmm. He might just be, like you said, a Montez Sweat. He might just be a <laughs> Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. I've long said he's, he Javer- he's he's clowny is the he's one clowny. who I who I've attributed to, which is a player who has those flashes of greatness but never puts together you know, full season campaigns where you're like, this is one of your top five pass rushers in the league. I think there's a, I think that's an excellent evaluation uh, of that. And, and I think also because we're too close to it, it's kind of like a psychological thing. We watch every single play. We watch replays of every single play. We watch people breaking down film of every single play. And we see plays where chase does nothing. And then we go and we watch a highlight package of Khalil Mack getting six mm-hmm. sacks, and we think that that's what Khalil Mack did on every snap. But if you watched every snap of Khalil Mack, there are plays he took off. There are plays where he didn't chase a guy onto the other side of the field or running back. There are plays where he didn't set the edge and, and a back went around the edge that he was supposed to set. Yeah. There's because plenty of plays just, where you're going to see him and the Bosa brothers and every single edge rusher go past the QB. Right. That's you're another that's that. another common complaint I hear about Chase Young, and that was a problem uh, two years ago. Both him right. and Montez Sweat just running straight lines back there. But but keep, those sorry. guys do end up having more significant impact plays over the course of a game, and then of course 
over the course of a year. But just make no mistake that there, those other guys, those great players, also have plays where they have zero impact on the play, as the same as Chase does. They just have more impact plays than Chase does at this point. So don't so when you see those plays that he takes off or that he doesn't set the edge or he goes past the quarterback or he doesn't chase a get guy down, that's not out of the ordinary. You can't go balls to the wall 80, 75 times a game. It's just not yeah. humanly possible. Nobody does it. And and you don't want them to either, right? Because we also see the big yeah. complaint, Jack Del Rio not putting his you know, star players in at third down. Well, it's if they're chasing people on second <laughs> yeah. down, they're yeah. a little tired and they need to get that break there. So that's yeah. going to be something there. John here talking about the D line is good. And that's kind of the transition. I was actually using this chase young talk here is because two players uh, specifically on the defensive line are eligible to start coming back from their injury reserve time. And that's FA Obata and Fedarian Mathis. Yeah. What kind of impact, Trev, do you think these players can have on there? By the way, Mr. Steal Your Girl technically also eligible to come back, but I think that's – we don't need to talk about the eighth wide receiver on the Commanders <laughs> uh, just yet. Let's talk about these two because these – F.A. Obata, big-time part of that defense last year, you know, saw significant snaps last year for the Commanders. Fedarian Mathis – second year in a row he's had an injury early on but this is a talent that they got in the second round that they feel can <laughs> be impactful how impactful will they be if they're able to come back from injury reserve um they'll be able to provide our starters with some more time to catch their breath mm -hmm. um we've seen the flashes of Fredarian mathis in the run game he's capable he came from alabama so he has it in him he just got to stay healthy and fa about like you said was a a nice depth depth piece to our line last year when Chase was out and everybody else was out. He came in and stepped up to the plate when he had to. So it's going to be okay depth, but it's not going to be world changing. It's not going to be headline news. It's just going to be, hey, they're in to give uh, Payne and Allen a breather, you know, Ridgeway a breather. So yeah. it's just more depth. Which is good, but it's not going to be anything noticeable. It's well, be like Stoner is very anti-depth in the second <laughs> round. So in the second that, round, I am 100. Is that yeah. enough though? Fedarian Mathis comes back yeah. and he's able to get uh, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne back down to more manageable numbers as he takes up Fedarian Mathis should take up 55 percent of those defensive tackle snaps and perform at a level that is you know what you would expect from a second round. Is that enough, Stoner? Yeah. That's the key, what you said there, that he performs at the level that's expected of him and not be just a body, which right now that's what Abdullah Anderson and John Ridgway have been. They've been bodies that yeah. Jack Del Rio doesn't even want to take out because he doesn't trust that they're going to do as an effective job as a John Allen who's probably playing certain plays at 75% because he's gassed because he's been out yeah. there so much. But he won't take them out because he doesn't trust those other guys. That's what they can provide is that rotational piece that if they play, if he plays 55% of the snaps, then he can be more effective than a an Abdullah Anderson or a John Ridgeway at this point. But I think Commandees uh, said, it, said it really well. We don't know what Fedarian Mathis is as a player. He's barely played in the in the regular season. I mean, he's played five snaps. 
Mm-hmm. And in the preseason, he didn't play a whole lot. I know a lot of people want to say he's this great player that we've seen. I haven't seen it. And we saw it at Alabama, sure, but we haven't seen it at this level at all. I have no idea what he is as a player. All I know is he was a second-round pick from Alabama, and he's supposed to be pretty good. He's got to start proving it. We need him out there. But also, I don't think um, – we don't know. They're they're eligible to come off the list basically yesterday. And they asked him about it, and Ron wouldn't give any answers about it. Very coy but, with uh, the response. Was so Coach they're obviously Rivera. not playing against uh, the Bears. The Bears. No. They so, they have three weeks to to essentially activate them, I believe. So we'll see. Well, but because- yeah, but they haven't been designated to come off the list at all. Mm. They're just eligible. They True, can stay on it right. for eight, 10, 12, 15 weeks. Mm. But at a certain point, they have to say, okay, we have designated them to come off of the list. Then they have three weeks to activate them. Yeah. So we have no idea if they're ready to start practicing this weekend. Or if they're not ready for six weeks, we have no idea. They won't. They won't tell us. Yeah, I think it was going to always be a long shot here, going into a short week for week sure. five against the Bears for them to come back. So we'll we'll definitely keep tabs on that, and you'll probably have to watch one of those uh, daily Commanders updates to find out what's going on with that. So make sure you do check uh, those out. We had a couple questions here. Where I want quick answers on these, so mm-hmm. we can get to the Bears game here. Uh, okay. Bosky first was, does Jack play the DBs 10 yards off the line? He does. It's their strength. And that's part of the Jack Del Rio defense. He wants to keep everything in front of them and just make solid plays and rely on the offense, making a mistake and getting that. So just to answer that one and a little bit longer, and I'm going to give this one to you guys was earlier. Someone asked us, do you go after Randy Gregory? Mm. Trev? Yep. Uh, do it. Um, anybody with pass rushing ability like Randy Gregory has had in the past, maybe not so much in Denver, but in the past, you make at least, at least inquire by it, kick the tires on it. Kick the tires, I mean, baby. it's the NFL and stands for not for long. Somebody's going to have to have a job soon because of, hate to say <laughs> it, the I word. So, yeah, just give it a shot. If he doesn't want to come here, he doesn't want to come here, but at least reach out. Absolutely. You All kick, right, Stoner. Kick the tires on on anybody who gets released from any team. Right. It doesn't yes. have to be a name like Randy Gregory. I mean, Randy yeah. Gregory has as a checkered past, going all the way back to college, NFL mm-hmm. draft, all of that. He's not super stable, but if he can go, you know, punch Justin Fields in the mouth a couple times a game, then heck, yeah, you go <laughs> kick the tires on him. It, it was a little bit of a surprise to see him on Denver's cut list there. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe the reason they gave originally was that they wanted the younger guys to get time. He's only 30 years old. So that was right. Uh, I have a feeling there might be a little bit more to it than just giving the younger guys a bit of a go uh, on that uh, side of the front. But now Denver is kind of reneged on it. They said that we're not quite cutting him because maybe someone wants to trade for him, which means it, it's going to, go for another few days before Randy Gregory gets uh, cut because no one's trading for a guy who gets cut. They know they can pick him up a little bit later. Uh, Stoner, you mentioned earlier, last note here, Stoner, you mentioned Cole Holcomb uh, as a guy that uh, no longer on here. He is playing 83% of the defensive starter snaps for Pittsburgh now. Just figured I'd give you that. But we don't have to worry about him. We have to worry about the Bears here on Thursday Night Football Washington in a blackout game. Stick with us. You'll hear our thoughts 
on what we think is going to happen. 